0: Across the board, we pretty much see a large decrease of cost per click across the board when you're comparing branded ads to UGC ads. Like the stat that we have is that on average, 50% drop in CBCs um, when you're directly comparing your UGC content to your other like branded content. Um, And it's a four times higher click-through rate usually. So, I mean, that right there is you know, a game changer. If you're not invested in UGC content, you need to test it. Like you need to set up these split tests automatically.
1: How did Gymshark win 2020? Consumer research. They worked with a test to learn more about their audience's changing habits, then pivoted their business to meet those needs. Visit askatest.com/d2c and use fast, accurate consumer research to get ahead. It's growth without guesswork. there's never been a better time to be a direct-to-consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC Podcast. Hello, and welcome to All Killer No Filler. I'm Eric Dick, and today is Friday. It's hot as hell here in Victoria, British Columbia. And I am very excited to be chatting with my good friend, Angela Meadows, who is the uh, manager of the UGC division here at Pilot House, uh, helping our clients uh, use come up with UGC content programs, user generated content programs to help scale and drive their brand. So today we just wanted to catch up on some of the shocking figures we've discovered around how exactly how effective UGC really is. And also uh, talk about some of the top mistakes that Angela sees Uh, clients make or people in the space make, not clients necessarily, but people in the space make Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to UGC. Welcome to All Killer No Filler. Angela, how are you doing?
0: Good. And we'll talk about the solutions to these mistakes they make. Um,
1: And if you you stick around to the end, we will also talk about Britney Spears a little bit.
0: Yeah. so so
1: Stick around around to the end for that. (laughs) So to start with, what we were just talking about some of the statistics about UGC. So let's just set the stage and I know we've said this on the podcast before, but like what do you consider let's say the top two reasons why people just have to be building UGC into their into their ad programs?
0: I think number one, it creates trust for your ads. Again, like I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I keep saying it we don't shop in stores anymore like we don't touch products we don't get recommendations from our friends of products they experience all we have is this user-generated content of other people experiencing products for us um so seeing real testimonials unboxing videos getting a sense of what what you're going to get when you buy these products i think is the reason that the exact set is 78% of customers trust peer recommended reviews while only 14% trust branded ads. Um, And I think we just grew up like seeing commercials, like we're just sort of, um, yeah, we'd recognize anything that's commercial like so quickly that we were ready to take recommendations from people who look like our friends, who look like our, uh, you know, colleagues.
1: It's really a no-brainer. It's it's uh, easier to make individually. We're going to talk a little bit about what it really means when you when you say a UGC program. But breast tax, like from the advertising side of things, uh, you know, obviously, I 100 percent agree that the, the numbers are there that that people trust recommendations. But when it comes to the media buying side, when you deploy UGC in Facebook ads versus other branded ads, how uh, how is the performance comparatively?
0: Yeah, across the board, we pretty much see. A large decrease of cost per click across the board when you're comparing branded ads to UGC ads. Like the stat that we have is that on average, 50% drop in CBCs um, when you're directly comparing your UGC content to your other like branded content. Um, and it's a four times higher click through rate usually. So, I mean, that right there is, you know, a game changer if you're not invested in UGC content you need to test it. Like you need to set up these split tests automatically, but not all UGC is created the same as well, or it's it's not going to all have those results for you. There needs to be like this other discussion about quality UGC or just like strategic UGC content that's like made with goals in mind. Yeah, And that's one of the mistakes that we see or like the guidance we give clients is, You can't just like guess with it. So you can't just give people your product and have them, you know, give their organic review. It's great to have like their actual opinion on your product. We need to have a plan in place of of where you want this content, what you want the content to do for you. What are the goals? um, Even like what you want it to look like and what you want the theme and the tone to be of this content. All that is going to make it be a success or not.
1: I think it's funny. We as as D2C, we can be like a living testament to this. Is we, we you know we've tried all sorts of different kinds of ads. Uh, we continually run many different kinds of ads, but recently UGC has become by far the most effective ads that we run. And you're exactly right. Like we tested ten different UGC ads, and if you know nine of those, we would have said, "Oh, UGC isn't that great. Like it, it doesn't work that mm-hmm. well." But but then we hit one. Where we really had like the things that you just mentioned, we had a goal, we had a really clear avatar, we had very strong brand recognition. Where the, the the person was already wearing D2C swag when they gave the presentation, they called out exactly who they were. Hi, I'm a small business owner, and I love you, and I love D2C because it saves me time and money, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it all came together in this one ad, and now it's like by far the driver of our, uh, you know, of our subscription programs to grow the newsletter. So it's it's interesting
0: yeah like a client came to me and they were like we know that your content is awesome we know that you understand like our ad strategy and what we're doing here but like how can we guarantee that all of this content is going to be winners and like you you can't this is why you have to do testing like you have to send out product to multiple different customer avatars like you need to test all the different formats of you see content you need to test some scrappy stuff. You need to test some like more like scripted stuff. You need to do stuff that's high energy, like entertainment value. Um, you know, like you need to do that testing until you find like the image that should represent your brand in ads. The like person that, that resonates with your audience, the message that drives sales. Like, so that's what you, you need to sort of come to out of this testing. Um, and the more research you do, like before you're, giving products to people and engaging with this creators you know is going to help you get those uh successful ones
1: it's funny, we we're, we're talking with our, our head of YouTube, Saul, uh, and we are t- we're running some YouTube ads again for subscription for, for this. And he, you know, thinking in the intent world of UGC, where you have very specific avatars looking for very specific things, he's suggesting that we have UGC in a a number of these avatars, uh, age ranges looking for different things, young people looking for business opportunities, old people looking to, you know, re-engage the market and and have different representative avatars in each of our UGC. Is that is that something that you get into with clients as well? where you're going after different avatars with different UGC uh, personas?
0: Different avatars and also like different pain points. Like if you need bottom of the funnel content, you should be like addressing all the pain points that your customers have and like how your product solves that. Um, But if you need top of funnel content, you really want people that are going to resonate with your audience right away. Like I... No, I keep seeing this brand, Ari, and I think that's how you say their name. Um, I see them all the time. The only reason I started recognizing them is because I recognized the look of the women that they use in UDCS. Like there's a couple girls and I just started like recognizing their faces. And then I caught on to like what the pain points they're trying to solve is. And you know, now I know the name of the brand and like what they're what they're trying to achieve here. But it was because I recognized them as a look in their ads um you know that, that 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 had that brand recognition for me so i think like you can't sending out free products to lots of people trying to get lots of testimonials like if you are a brand new brand you just need your product in the hands of people you just need feedback yeah. but once you start like recognizing who your target audience is you need to start thinking about like yeah these like customer avatars more
1: so you you talked about this a little bit. Just the like the number one you know the number one issue is not setting the right performance goals for UGC campaigns. So imagine I have a brand, uh, let's call it a designer sleepwear brand, uh, Dick's pajamas, something like that. <laughs> uh, that I'm coming to you with. I, I like what do you talk to me about when setting the goals for my UGC campaign?
0: What I want companies to think about, like when we're planning activations with content creators, is like reverse engineer how much you can spend to get the results you wanna get. So if you work with content creators that have 50,000 followers, sort of like industry standard is maybe 2% of their followers will see the ad. Let's say we're just just talking about Instagram. So uh, 2% sees the ad of 50,000, that's like a thousand people, right? thousand people. Um say 1% buys their product. So that's 1% of the thousand people that saw it buy their product. That's like 10 purchases. Um, your dick sleepwear is expensive. It costs $75 for boxers. So premium. Uh, we're at like $750 in revenue. But what they should be thinking about is what's the customer lifetime value of each of those 10 people. Hopefully brands know the, the customer lifetime value. And I think this is like super important. This is like my favorite stack of e-commerce. Um, if customers typically don't just buy one thing or they come back like every month because your product is so great, and they need to like restock. Maybe your, maybe your total value of this campaign, like only 10 people purchase, but your total value is like, like the lifetime value of each person is 250. So total value is like 2,500 bucks. Think about that total value and then you can sort of start thinking about this one influencer campaign like, okay, maybe I put 1500 towards ad spend and I could afford to pay this person a couple hundred bucks. Um, and like, think about it like that. I think too often we're trying to get content for as cheap as possible. But when we sort of think about like what's our goal and like what do we have to spend on high quality, you know, if we do have like $200, $250 spend on high quality content, like let's make sure that price goes to someone who's going to really put the effort into like making it work and making it work for your brand.
1: Packlane is the one-stop shop for custom packages with your very own team of packaging pros. From concept to prototype to delivery, Packlane manages everything from start to finish. Plus, you only pay for the packaging services you need. No added fees, no monthly payments, and no sneaky upsells. Their team is dedicated to saving you countless hours and money that can be invested back in your business. Visit packlane.com to design your custom packaging today. When you have a client who comes like so so D-Dick's, Dick's pajamas here, uh, what, what budget do you want me to have? What, but like, what budget do you want me to have to start? Obviously you want me to have the biggest budget possible, but like, what's, what is a good starting budget to really take on UGC with an agency? Let's say if you're doing it on your own, you know, there's lots of information about out there about how to do it. And I think you'll get a lot from this podcast in an ongoing way, but if you do decide to work with an agency like, you know, like pilot house, uh, UGC, what, uh, yeah, what sort of budget are you really looking for?
0: In terms of like what you should be paying per creator, I think there's quite a range um, from $50 per person to $1,000 per person and more. Um, Obviously the more you pay, it is a case where you sort of get what you pay for in some cases. There's gonna be some people just starting out as content creators who don't really like know their value you might get some deals. Um, So you need to set a range. You need to put aside a budget of like, what are you willing to spend? And then you need to figure out how to maximize that budget. Um, I think you can get fairly decent content across the board for $50 to $100 per person. You can get like pretty decent content for that. If you're asking them for a short video, you know, short, an unboxing, a testimonial video, maybe some short, like entertaining content, you can get pretty solid content for that. TikTok tends to be a bit more expensive. So like if you're super focused on having TikTok creators, they sort of name their prices and those are much higher right now. Um, But think about your, but then like have a goal in mind as well. So if you're trying to drive sales, I would just work with, like, your main focus is driving sales. I might work with just a few influencers, pay them to do, like, an ongoing campaign, pay them on a commission basis so that their goal is driving sales for you. Um, but, yeah, I, I suggest that people have in mind, they'll pay between $50 to dollars per person, plus send them the product to get good creator content. On top of that, you obviously need to ship some of the products. You need to think about what ad spend you need to run these ad campaigns with this content. You need to think about like the service provider you're working for. Do you want to have to do 100% of the work yourself? You're talking to every creator. You're doing these negotiations. You're reaching out to them. Or do you want a service like us where we will manage everything for you? You ship the products out to these people. Like we're doing all the research on customer avatars we have a network of people we know make good content. We're telling them exactly what type of content they need to make and where it's going to go in your funnel and having like a total content and ad strategy built in. That's going to be like your more cost.
1: So if I came and said, okay, I I'm Dick's pajamas and I have a, let's call it a 50 K ad budget. Mm -hmm. I have a 50 K ad budget for next month. Um, but I, and I want most of my 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 creatives to be UGC. I think UGC and pajamas are just a match made in heaven. Like, what kind of program do you sort of pitch me on? Call it a fifty k ad spend uh, in order to fuel that ad spend with enough UGC to to hit my goals.
0: Yeah, you should be testing new content at least like every week, every couple of days. So if you have like a fifty k monthly budget, uh, then I think you would probably want to have like onboarding eight to 10 creators per month. You could have like eight to 16 videos of all different kinds of styles, maybe like 20 images and you just be like rotating those. I would say that's like the volume of content you should be looking for.
1: And then in terms of cost for that, obviously, like if you're going to do it on a you know, on your own, like, are there, are there actual cost savings that are had by, by having an agency as well, aside from time savings? Like, are there actual, like, if you're going to make all, I guess we're negotiating the same deals that, that the brand probably would as well. It's just, it's more of a time-saving thing.
0: The main benefit is that you're getting quality content, like made and produced by experts rather than you are sort of just like, you're having your social media person, you know, like reach out to these people that takes up like most of their time you're sort of like guessing on what content works in ads if you haven't like nailed that down before um so the main benefit to you is that like we know what works in ads from all of our clients we work with we know what type of content you need where in your funnel we're going to do like a diagnostics of your funnel and see what you need Um, and then we know what these creators will work for. Like we have special relationships with them where they work with us on multiple brands. And we work with creators in different categories, like say our creators in fitness category. Like we will sometimes work with them across multiple brands. So they sort of have like these bundle deals with us as an agency um, where we're able to get content from them much cheaper than if you were just one-on-one working with them or one-on-one working with their agent, which happens. Um, as well, and, and as well, like there's this consideration of costs, like there's this message out there that you can send out a bunch of products to people and they will create content for you for free, just in exchange for the product, these gifting campaigns. I think while it's important, if you're like a brand new brand to just like get your, your content in the hands of people and get their feedback. You know, a lot of the times we find, because that is sort of like a gift and hope, <laughs> like situation, yep. you are, you know, it's taking three times as long to get this content, you're sort of chasing these people, you work on their schedule, you know, maybe they don't like the product, because you just like happen to pick the wrong person, or they just, you know, are kind of likey. like, you don't know, you don't have a relationship with these people. Um, so I think when you try to do things for free like that, you very often might be disappointed with the results. But if you work in a situation where you are paying people even $50 for content, it's a totally different relationship. Like you are, you are delivering, they're delivering you X for X price. Like that's your agreement. You have a set deadline. You need to approve the content you make. You do revisions with them. Like that's like a true partnership. The value of that is so much more than the savings you might get from, you know, these sort of like just wishing that these free gifting campaigns like might produce awesome content. And your chances
1: of finding that awesome content are so much higher when you do it with this clear intention. If you're just kind of throwing out, you know, running it off the side of your social media person's desk, the chances that you're going to land one of these game changing UGC pieces are probably significantly less. So it doesn't really matter how cheap they are if none of them hit. Uh, they're just a waste of time Uh, and the
0: content creators that we work with understand ads like we've coached them to understand what the end goal is with this content um you know and also our creative team like knows what performs in ads so we're doing all the editing all the post production uh and packaging it up to be like the most uh eye-catching ad for you.
1: And then putting budget behind it, which is the beauty of working, you know, working at this at pilot house where we have this whole beast type scenario where you're getting benefits from working with as many departments as possible, just because our ad team knows exactly what kind of, uh, you know, you know, what kind of creatives work. So the creative team goes out and gets them and it's just a big virtuous cycle. That's a fun thing to be a part of.
0: Yeah, definitely. definitely.
1: Do you think like who listening, like if you're a brand out there uh, and you're driving revenue, you're running ads, and you're not using UGC, I would really love, I'd love to know what it is, wh- whether it's daunting to people. Um, but email me at eric at direct to uh, If you if, if you are currently not running UGC, I'm sure there's maybe some brands it doesn't work for maybe some product categories. Um, you know, like, toilet seats comes to mind or things like really personal items maybe um but other than that i'd be I really mean, even interested those, though even, even those though, you're like, right even those tushy, were best yeah
0: look at how tushy like exploded look at how like you know <laughs> these men's underwear lines like you wouldn't think like dick's pajamas gonna be openly like talking about their underwear online but they are <laughs> oh my
1: god so i think it is time to start the sleepwear brand i think is what yeah. you're saying mm-hmm. very Anything cool
0: taboo like could be an amazing UGC brand.
1: Nice. Now, before we dump, jump into uh, a little Brittany chat, uh, what, w- is there anything else you want people to know about UGC and Pilot House UGC?
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, unfortunately, e-commerce people, like, we don't get to take the summer off. I think everyone should already be thinking about Q4. Um, if you want a robust UGC content strategy in place for Q4, like, you should be reaching out to us and talking to us now. I want to make sure that we, you know, have... Then a deep dive into your content strategy currently we're figuring out how to use effective ugc across every channel in your marketing department so that we're creating with like, this cohesive message to increase your engagement increase your followers drive revenue for you like let's get that place in plan right now uh, we have some special pricing we'll be able to offer in the summer that we'll be able to announce soon so now's the time to get in touch with us and We'd love to hear from
1: you. Everyone's got that idea, yeah, Q4's go time, but it really to, to be ready to go in Q4, or Q3 is really the really the go time that people need to be thinking about. So I think that's a really good point. Amazing. I've worked with Angela for many years and you, it's just a treat and you'd get to work with Angela as well. So make sure you go to pilothouse.co and uh, fill out a form there. Make sure that you know you you put in there that DDC, the DDC podcast sent you and uh and she'll get you to to
0: pilothouse.co/ugc
1: slash UGC exactly.
0: And you can um, book a call with me
1: now. Oh, amazing. Well, you're just get ready for your your ca- calendar book to be jammed. Uh Okay, now let's talk about what we really wanted to talk about, which is what the heck is going on with Britney Spears? Have, have you been following over the past several, several months? What's going on with her w- weird Instagram? You know,
0: like, I thought it was clickbait. And I feel bad. I feel bad about thinking it was clickbait. Like, it seems like she's in a true, um, you know, slave labor situation. Um, And I think like this is probably happening in Hollywood, like more than we think.
1: And just to catch people up, she's basically in in court documents, it's come out that she basically has this circle of people around her, whether it's her, her father, who who the all these people report to her doctor, her lawyer, Mm -hmm. you know, her OBGYN, all these different people are kind of like not always working in what's considered her best interest. She's sort of had someone else take that over her father or someone else. And -hmm. they're all working in what they consider her best interest, which is maybe not really what's in Britney's best interest
0: yeah she there was a there was a time where she was supposed to announce her new tour in vegas and they had all this stage set up and fireworks and stuff and she just walked on stage and walked off the stage and and i think that was when things like started to come to light because she just wasn't going to do this uh this next tour and it was because you know she is paying the salary for all the, the tour guides, the bodyguards, you know, like her dad, her doctors, everyone that takes care of her. And she, it's just slave slave labor.
1: This reminds me of the stuff going around, like around Michael Jackson's death as well mm-hmm. with his doctor, you know, like over, over serving him, over prescribing him this, those, those, those crazy painkillers. And it's like, it's crazy when the celebrities themselves, like when they become this big meal ticket, when they become the product, uh it's crazy yeah how people yeah will form these these weird groups around them it's dark mm-hmm. note to end the podcast on yeah. I gotta say but yeah. I, I I remember just looking yeah. at those Instagram videos and it was like they were these weird like coded cries for help like it seemed like mm-hmm. with her just constantly doing the same stuff over and over again so it's really interesting that uh that this stuff has come out and
0: it's think... interesting that this is like a movement started by her fans too like years ago you know it seemed like these were just Britney fanatics uh, who have a conspiracy theory and you know fast forward like five years later it's like come to light that they were her only advocates.
1: The conspiracy theorists were right again. Glad to end the podcast on that (laughs) note. (laughs) Thank you for coming on today Angela. We'll have you back again soon. Uh, I'm excited to to help you uh, kind of promote this great offer that you have out in the space and uh, I expect big things. Nice. All right see you later.
0: Thanks Eric. Bye.